Hola, hola. Welcome, everybody, to season three of the Chicago Techies podcast, a podcast focused on highlighting the voices of Chicago Techies and their experiences. This season, we will be hearing from seasoned entrepreneurs to rising stars making their mark. We'll dive into their triumphs, their challenges, and all the unique experiences that have shaped their journeys. I'm your host, Ceci Fisher Benitez. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Cindy. Thank you for coming to the Chicago Techies podcast. I'm so excited to have you. How's it going? Hi, Ceci. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Excited to get this kicked off again. New beginnings. Here we go. Um, all right, Cindy. I already kind of gave all these spoilers, but I, I already said your name, right? But I do want you to introduce yourself to the audience, um, your name, your pronouns, where you're from, and your current role. Yeah, so I'm Cindy Delira Rendon, and I am from Chicago. Uh, my parents are from Mexico, so Aguascalientes and Guanajuato. And currently, I'm a project manager at Relativity. Awesome. I love that. Um, I didn't know you were from Aguascalientes. It's, that's actually one of my favorite words to say, because it's like, Aguascalientes is like two words. <laughs> it's so silly. Um, but uh, tell me about your journey into tech. What was that like for you? Yeah, so I actually never imagined myself getting into tech. Um, I think this was one of those sort of epiphanies that happened during the pandemic where people were forced to be at home. My background was previously in dental hygiene and interior design, which are super intrusive professions, especially when it comes to interacting with people. Um, so I actually applied for a fellowship at Relativity and I was accepted, and there I was trained on their legal software, and then I got a job as a project manager in their service delivery operations department. That's great. I mean, it sounds like you have, like, a, a really diverse background and, like, a different wealth of knowledge, you know, in various fields. Um, so that's really interesting. I uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about those previous roles that you held that kind of led to where you're at now? Like what was why did you choose to 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 do this in tech? Yeah, so I think for me, um, I did dental hygiene. I was always in, in dental uh, as a teenager. My mom was an office manager, and I went to, to school, got an associate's degree because it was kind of quick. Um, I became a mom at a young age, and so my parents were kind of looking for like a quick way for me to get a profession. And I, what I realized is that in dentistry. There was a lot of operations. There was a lot of process. Um, there's definitely tech. But what I really enjoyed most was bridging um, the operations with the sort of clinical part of it and figuring out ways to make those processes better and more efficient. And when I did interior design, it was very similar. It was sort of working with different stakeholders, my clients, to figure out their needs and find out if we had something that would suit those needs. And so when I was thinking about how I wanted to pivot into tech because I knew nothing. In fact, I thought I was going to be a, a software engineer and, and do coding. Um, I looked at the different skills that I had acquired from these previous roles and began to compare them with existing tech roles and realized there was just so much overlap with all of these skills that um, I was able to transfer them them easily. I mean, with some basic tech knowledge, which... I took over 100 courses on LinkedIn learning um, because I'm crazy. 
but I, I really just <laughs> wanted to know what was out there and be familiar with the different terms and languages and, and positions and things. Yeah, that, that reminds me of my own like uh, path into tech. I, I also was very curious and I also took like every single intro course to everything there is to know about tech, like different coding languages, different like avenues, different like data science, project management, all that, you know, and and it was also through transferable skills that like kind of supported my journey into that first role in tech. So it sounds like all of these um, roles that you held in the past, all of these like industries that you've been a part of, essentially kind of prepared you to come into this project management role. Um, and uh, so I'm curious for, for you specifically, I guess, did, did you have, did you decide that you were going to get your own certifications for project management or what does a project manager do? Like what, what is, can you tell us a little bit about your experience into this role? Yeah. So for me, I, it was really interesting to find out that there were so many different styles of project management and learning about what that means. And so being agile or using a Kanban approach. Um, and then I began to sort of frame it in the way of like, I do this every day as, as a mom or as a woman, like a Kanban board is essentially a checklist. And so it's taking that and turning it into technical terms and corporate terms. And so uh, one thing I looked at was like the Scrum framework uh, and and getting myself a LinkedIn learning certification for the Scrum Master uh, framework. And I'm looking at actually obtaining the official certified Scrum Master certification now, just because it's so good to have that general knowledge of what different project management styles are. Um, so that that way, when you are going through different tech companies, you can take this one process um, or style of thinking and take it um, in all of your roles. So for me, it was really familiarizing myself with the way that I wanted to manage things and looking at the way that I did that in my own life and figuring out what am I already doing and good at that I can take and apply to a company. That's great. So what does a typical day like look for you then? Uh, within your role and then within the day-to-days that you kind of have on a daily basis? Yeah, so for me, um, there are meetings. So for sure, I have a good share of meetings with stakeholders, keeping people updated, checking in to see where we're at with certain tasks. Um, One of the things I participate in weekly is like a service delivery business review, um, checking in on things. The other thing that I do for Relativity is I'm a co-chair for their Latinos in Tech employee resource group. And so one of the things I do is engage on our Slack channels, post something um, about our culture or something that's happening. We have WEPA Wednesdays where we just sort of talk about things that are uh, relevant to us and help bring that culture to work as well. That's great. So it sounds like you are interested in like the that experience that that employee employee experience so you know a lot of dei initiatives diversity equity and inclusion um what's been your experience like with in that realm yeah i think it's definitely since the pandemic transcended like like huge levels. I think we've kind of slowed down now that there is less of a focus, um, now that we're getting back in person. Um, But it is exciting to see the fact that I was kind of brought in on a DEI initiative. You know, I don't have a technical background and there was a program created for people like me that have a lot of skills that are, are quick learners that brought me into the tech field. And so now being here in this environment and given the space to bring my culture to work, 
um, find ways to bring other people into the culture and, and also like interact with other groups as well, I think is, is a huge plus. Um, I don't think I see it often outside of my company. And I think it should be something that is discussed and celebrated more, um, especially with larger companies, because they're, they're so much more diverse, that they should be creating these, these spaces for their employees to sort of come together um, and celebrate. I love that. And I, I love that you are also pretty involved in the community. So, uh, I mean, I know this because we know each other, but like you are also a chapter leader for uh, Latinas in Tech Chicago. What has that been like? <laughs> yeah, that it, it has been really amazing to actually collaborate with other Latina leaders, especially here in tech, um, and being able to connect with other groups and create opportunities locally for other people looking to break into tech or who are in tech. Um it's really an exciting experience because I don't think uh, since the pandemic, we've had opportunities to collaborate in person and see these communities sort of come together. And being a part of that, I mean, it, it does take a lot of work because you have to sort of track down resources and people who are willing to support this cause. But thankfully here in Chicago, it's such a large tech ecosystem, especially for, for startups and, and founders that everybody's very welcoming to to help support and create the community. So it's been a, a really great experience. Lots of hours put into volunteering. I think this year I'm, I'm almost at 250 hours volunteered. Um, and for me, what it was is when I got into tech, I actually sort of made a personal vow this year that I would work one hour per working day. So there's 260 working days in the year. And so I'm almost at my goal just sort of as a way to give back and be grateful for the opportunity that I was given in tech. Um, and so just being able to bring more people into this opportunity and I think share the knowledge of the fact that this industry exists and you have a place here, you know, not everything is technically related. There are lots of non-technical positions, um, but beginning to bring more people um, into the industry. That's really something. Like you are tracking the volunteer hours. That's awesome. I feel like you're probably like a very um, intentional person when it comes to your goals. And I feel like it, probably as a project manager, you have to be, right? Yes, for <laughs> sure. And I mean, lots of tracking, lots of spreadsheets. Uh, and that way you can measure the value of what you're doing. And I think sometimes we forget yeah. about that when, when we're doing our jobs or doing things for fun or for other people. Like what is the value you're bringing? Yeah. And I mean, that's not the only thing you're involved in. <laughs> can you can you tell me a little bit about I mean, you kind of thought you hinted already at it, like startups and building and all that. Um, I know you recently became a co-founder. I did. Right. Yes. Um, Tell, tell me about that experience and what is it? Yeah, so I uh, recently became co-founder of Coder Heroes, which is a business that is dedicated to bringing STEM learning to kids aged 5 to 12 in a fun, multicultural way and also bilingual. And this sort of stems from the fact that I have a daughter, she's 12 in middle school, and I look at the things that she's taught in school and she's really not given visibility into STEM concepts aside from like, elements, you know, periodic table, things that that are building blocks of science, but learning about technical concepts, engineering, how math plays a part in all of that, um, but making it fun as well, because I think that kids are looking for a fun way to consume knowledge. And I think now that everybody's on tech, it's difficult to find a good resource for that. So 
I got involved because I found the nonprofit organization Code Your Dreams, and I was very passionate about that mission. And so Coder Heroes is a way of being able to fund the Code Your Dreams mission. And so it's sort of this buy one, get one approach. So those that are able to pay for extra education or learning initiatives within that, we have factored in a way to be able to fund that back to Code Your Dreams and provide educational STEM learning to children on the south and west sides of Chicago and even in other parts of the world. So Africa, we're looking at at Mexico and bringing that STEM learning there. So I'm just excited to see this initiative grow outside of just here and how we can bring learning to other kids in parts of the world because I think technology is quickly evolving and many people have access to it. Uh, they just don't have access to quality resources. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And shout out to Brie for, for starting. Yes. <laughs> uh, starting the organization. I mean, she's been doing amazing work and I'm glad to see that you've kind of joined uh, her on her on this you know uh, effort in this campaign. Um, and also, that's great motivation. And what kind of made you be a, a co-founder? You know, it's it's personal when it's it it's also touches the lives of your family, or you know, it involves your family. Um, what are some of the challenges that you kind of have encountered lately as you uh, as you both kind of start this journey of like building and uh, scaling? So I would say for sure I'm lacking in the business knowledge, and I think that's. What I'm finding is a common theme for, for entrepreneurs. It's realizing all the barriers that are actually there. It's one thing to have an idea and a vision, but it's another to actually go through the systems to begin to execute it and being familiar with the terms, you know, because it's it's a highly competitive market. You're, you're not the only one there. And so you have to be pretty knowledgeable in what it is that you're talking about and how you present your concept beyond just this wonderful vision or mission, but being able to then turn that into metrics and quantify it so that people actually understand the value of what it is that you're bringing. So I think for me, it's been learning what all of the terms are, you know, what is capital? How can you get it? What are the restraints that may come with it if you get a grant versus, you know, a loan? What are the differences? And so it's really just getting familiar with the basic business knowledge and then beginning to plug yourself into what already seems like a very saturated ecosystem. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're definitely on the right track. I mean, I know, you know, because I work Latinas in tech, I know that you signed up for the entrepreneurship program um, that kind of covers some of that, some of that beginner basic stuff. Um, so you're definitely on the right path for that. Uh, are there any resources that you have found, found useful to kind of aid you in this journey? Yeah, so I would say for sure the Latinas in Tech Entrepreneurship Program, I'm in the first week and it's already incredibly valuable because we get one-on-one -on -one time with people who are experts in what it is that they're talking about. So being able to ask questions that are very personal to what it is that I'm doing has been super helpful. The other resource I have found is the Women's Business Development Center here in Chicago. And so I was able to get one-on-one -on -one coaching with a lawyer who doesn't provide legal advice, but was able to sort of walk me through what, what are the next steps for me establishing uh, this business. And so one thing she put into perspective was beginning to gather data from other parents, you know, and finding a way for them to test the product that we have and being able to then transfer it into metrics so that when I'm presenting this and talking about it, 
people know that other people have actually interacted with it. And it's not just me trying to sell them on my vision. So not, I met with her for an hour and then I get in six weeks, another sort of meetup with her to keep myself accountable on what my next steps were. And so I've found that incredibly valuable. Yeah. Well, I know that you're basically just starting this journey, but what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs that are considering starting their own startups too? Um, Are there any like strategies that you found particularly valuable? Yeah, I would say it is to be as specific as possible. Um, What's something that... uh, something so general like I'm doing, that was one thing that I think I struggled with because I think when you have an idea, you want the whole world to benefit from it and you want everyone to be able to see how great it is. But for me, it was getting incredibly specific with what it is that I wanted to do and who I wanted to do it for. And so that is why I said, you know, kids five to 12, those that are able to pay for it, because that's what it is. If you have the means to do it, then I'm structuring this. You already have the knowledge so that then we can pay it forward to those those that need more. So really it's just be as specific as possible with your goals. Yeah, that's that's really helpful and, and definitely very important. Um the the more that you can communicate, you know, the better. Yes. Um let's let's switch gears a little bit back to kind of um your life, right? You mentioned earlier that you are a parent. Um so I am also a parent. I know how that tough can be and challenging. But how do you balance your professional life and your family life, you know, with with everything going on in the world? Like, what advice would you give other parents that are kind of looking to maybe even reach the same milestones that you have in your career transitioning and then even having a startup, you know, volunteering? That's a lot in your plate. So how do you manage it all? Yeah. So for me, I think... One thing I had to get comfortable with, and this was hard for me as not only a Latina, but as like a firstborn daughter and firstborn everything, was communicating where it was that I need support with. And so um, I think for me, it was being able to not only communicate it, but communicate it in a way that is not disruptive to other people or maybe even sometimes conveying my frustration. And for example, with my husband, many people are surprised with the relationship we have because he he does take on a lot of our household tasks or responsibilities and help out. And that is very different in our culture. You know, people look at me and they assume right away that I should be handling all of it. But it, it was not easy. It's still a work in progress. But I think the communication that we have when I say, hey, I'm doing this activity or I'm focusing on this and this is the impact that not only our family will see from it, but the greater good Uh, I think that helps him realize just how incredibly valuable his support is, not only to me, but to our household. And now that my daughter's a little older, I actually bring her with me to some of the things that I do because I want her to be immersed in these new environments. I want her to hear about other people's stories and the things that they're doing um, and feel confident so that when she's in those spaces, when she's older, that, that she belongs there. So it is a very delicate, I think, balance because it, it can get pretty busy. Um, but for me, it's been really fine-tuning, communicating what my needs are from who I need them and what exactly it is that I need from them. Because sometimes it's not even I need help with a specific task. It's just sort of like I need someone to tell me I'm doing okay and that I'm on the right path and and that I am supposed to be feeling this way. And so I think it comes in in many different forms. But for me, yeah, it's definitely been just figuring out communication and how to make it better. 
Yeah. Well, that's a lot to unpack, but I love everything you said. Um, I, I think there is definitely a lot of cultural barriers that kind of like sometimes prevent us from our own personal growth and professional growth. Um, so, but I, but I do love that you're kind of like strategizing a new way of doing things, right? And and bringing your daughter to the events, bringing your daughter to volunteer things. Like I think that's setting the right tone and setting the right example for what you kind of want your family progression, your family legacy to be like. Um, and kind of like walk away from those cultural barriers that kind of we often sometimes face. Um, I'm curious if if there's anything other other cultural barrier uh, cultural barriers that kind of have prevented your growth um i don't know i don't know but imposter syndrome is not really a cultural barrier but i think it's it's definitely in a, on our everyday lives um what are some challenges that you've have you experienced in your career that kind of you know prevented you from growing a little bit yeah i think for me one major thing is the fact that i've had to get comfortable with the fact that my very close family and friends don't know what I am doing in my career or understand what it is that I'm striving for. And it's, it sometimes is a little, I guess, disheartening because I, I want them to all be on the same page, but I do understand there's a, a knowledge gap there. But for example, for me, I've, I've switched industries so often in my journey and they don't understand that you know they're very used to the old school way of like if you have something good don't ruin it why would you leave it to go find something else which could be worse and I think it's it's hard because I want to keep tradition in mind but I also realize that like things have to change they have to evolve and I'm never going to find out what's out there if I don't go and and make the journey to do that and so I think it's it's having that community and, and that's sort of ties back to why I'm so active in the local tech community or in volunteering, because I find people that understand what it is that I'm going through. Um, but I think the other thing is I have a very non-traditional educational background as well. And so I think sometimes people see that and they make the assumption that I may not have the knowledge that's necessary to do something. And so having to also kind of tackle a barrier of not only am I a woman of color, but I don't have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a coding language certification. Um, but how, what can I bring to the table? And it's almost like sometimes I do feel like I have to work twice as hard to show what it is that I can produce, but with the hopes that other people will begin to realize that the, the people that come after me don't have to work this hard to prove their value. And so um, for me, it's really just kind of struggling every day with that inner voice of, are you doing enough? And reminding myself like, yes, this is enough. You know, every single thing that, I, that I'm engaged <laughs> yeah. in is definitely making an impact. Even if it's a tiny little ripple, every day it makes a difference. Yeah, I feel like we. I can definitely um, connect with that often. I feel like we're oftentimes are asking ourselves, "Is this enough? Are we doing enough?" And literally, like your full, your, your calendar is booked yep. with things, right? Like you have so much that you <laughs> that you do, and yet you still have this mentality telling you, like, "Oh, you could be doing more," or like, or you know, this voice in your head. But um, anyway, I I did. I I was glancing over the other day at your LinkedIn. And I think there's something that I really loved about it that that I saw that you have this like luchadora mindset, right? Like this, um, you you have this motto that you liked that is el que quiere puede, mm -hmm. which means um, he who wants can. 
how has this mindset like helped you kind of overcome your challenges and, and these that you mentioned described and and what are some of the, the achievements that kind of that you've that came out of that? Yeah, so I think going through life as as a first generation Latina, there are lots of challenges that, that come through it. And I think one of those things was when I found myself in spaces where I was very underrepresented, I often had people look at me like you're here because you're Mexican or you're the Hispanic girl or you're the affirmative action. I guess now that that's also a hot topic, you're the affirmative action hire. Like that's the reason why you're here. And part of me would be like, number one, that's not a bad thing because if that's what it takes to get me in the door, then fine. But number two, if I wasn't deserving of being here, then, then I'll, I'll be gone. They'll, they'll fire me. They'll see right through me. And so I think el que quiere puede means anything that you want to do, you can do it as long as you're applied to it. Uh, it's not easy. And I think it also ties into my theme of the alchemist and, and alchemy. And what that really means is when you can okay. take something and turn it into something else that it's not. And so what I do is take all of this misfortune and find an opportunity out of it. And so I was not a dental hygienist, but I have a science background, but I have these other skills. Um, and so let me take that and do something with it. What can I do with it? Um, and so really for me, el que quiere puede is just, it's kind of very simple when they say people make time for what they, they want to, whether that's a relationship, whether that's your professional life, whether that's your uh, relationships with your friends. I think that's true for yourself. Whatever you want to make time for, whatever you're trying to grow in, you can do it and, and it'll, it'll come. It's almost like a manifestation, uh, but really it does take putting work into it. And I think it's very easy sometimes, especially with social media, to see people's success and think it came very easily, but not see all of the very full calendar days, as I'm sure you know, Ceci, uh, like that come <laughs> with it and all of the calls and things that you have to do in order to, to get to the place that you're at. I am interested in learning a little bit more about your goals and kind of where you want to head. Uh, what are your aspirations? Um, just to kind of get a sense of who, you know, Cindy will be. Yeah, so for me, I definitely think that I see myself getting more involved in the DEI space. I think it's definitely something especially with the affirmative action practices that have recently happened, uh, that I'm very passionate about and all the work that I'm doing. But really what I want that to lead to is a first Latina president. And that would definitely, you know, and I'm aiming for that because once again, I think there, I've had all these lived experiences and the purpose to me as a president is a leader, somebody that understands what it is to go through so many of these processes as an American, as a woman, as just a human here in this country. Um, but for me, it's really finding the people that are experts at education, at technology, at Medicaid, at healthcare, and bringing them together to make the best informed decisions. And so for me, I really just hope to maybe one day be that, that woman that I think I needed when I was younger to look up to, to really take the charge and begin to have those conversations. Because I think, like I said, communication is something that in my culture, being Mexican, it's, it's kind of shut down, especially as a woman. And I think that that's backwards and we should open it up. We should use our voices. We're here. We're seeing things firsthand. We're creating the next generation, essentially. Um, so we should have more of a say. <laughs> 
Yeah, I really love that ambition that you carry with you, and that you, you know, you're aiming to the highest <laughs> office. I love that. You yes. Here first. <laughs> um, no, and I mean, what? That's I mean, I feel like that's like a, a really heavy load to to kind of work towards. But I'm curious if you're already doing something to kind of guide you toward that that path. I mean. Are there any organizations that you're volunteering with or any any stuff with like within government that you're kind of trying to? Yeah, so I am actually in the midst of finding a um, or founding a nonprofit called Lola Legal Tech Organization for Latine Advancement. And so I think that's going to be my way of sort of getting into government tech, because I do think because it's so new, there aren't as many people in it. And so. For me, it's really, I think it's connecting with the larger community because that's really what it is for me. It's its finding out who are the people that are the best at what they do and getting in those same rooms with them and figuring out who are the people they're with. And so I think it's been a, a big networking party for me, um, but also just learning more about what is it that's happening in government, being in tune with the, with the things that are passing. I think artificial intelligence is another hot topic, so I'm very involved with that mm-hmm. and how that's going because it, it's not regulated. And I think as a parent too, it's very important for me because as my daughter gets older, you know, I was in the early 2000s, late 90s with internet where it was not censored by parents. And, you know, it's kind of scary yeah. to see where it's at now and it's still not censored. So um, lots of things driving driving that passion. Yeah, that's really exciting. I really can't wait to see where this leads you and where what all the things that you're going to accomplish. Um, well, I, I, thank you for being here. Uh, one final question. I know that people are likely going to have a lot of follow-up questions and might want to connect with you. So how can people connect with you? Do you have any social media platforms or email? What's the best way for you to, for people to get? Yeah, first and foremost, LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time. So they can just search me by Cindy Delira Rendon. Um, and then on there, I ha- you can message me and I have all of my links. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Cindy. Best of luck with everything. I am excited to one day hopefully say that I know the president of the United States and that I was one of the first people to know that she was going to be the president. Awesome. Thank you for having me here, Ceci. And for sure, you know, once I'm president, you'll probably be in my cabinet helping uh, bring more Latinas into government or making technical policy. So I'm super excited for that. Thank you. Done. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Chicago Techies podcast. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue the conversation on social media. We are at Chicago Techies on all social media platforms. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>